Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy, episode 163. 163. Yes. <laughs> Here we are. And you're you're totally plugged in? I'm totally plugged in. My headset is actually hooked to the computer system, so apologies again for the really terrible sound for the first half of last week. Uh, if you you know, barreled through anyway. Thank you for doing that. And this week is going to be primo. All right, Henny, shall we mm-hmm. tell people what we did last night? Yes. You can go ahead and tell them. <laughs> what did we do? Well, we went to a concert together in Hamilton and mm-hmm. it was an absolute delight. We had pretty much the best possible seats in the entire venue and it was just such a fun time from start to finish and we saw Jan Arden we did did we did and she's delightful it's like seeing a concert with a little bit of comedy mixed in Okay, so I will tell you that when I was talking to Mark about going to the concert and that I was going to this, you know, I was going, I was meeting you and I had to leave at whatever time and, you know, and so then, you know, I told him, a, you know, about a week in advance and then I reminded him and then on, like yesterday, he said, um, you know, as I was like getting ready to go, he was like, who are you going to see again? And I said, Jan Arden. And he's like, isn't she a comedian? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> well, like she is known for like being funny and like she has a television show and she had a podcast and like she's like a funny character. But I said she was first known for like as a singer. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. It's <laughs> <was> very funny. <laughs> Yes. Well, I think you should share it when you told your sister. What did she say? No, I also told my sister that I was going to this concert with with Sandy. And my sister said, oh, middle-aged white women. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And and so she figured that you and I going to something that was really for middle-aged white women was on brand. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Okay, here are a few things that I really appreciated about this particular concert. Number one, I really liked that when she was talking, I could hear her. Because mm. sometimes the the sound is so loud I think maybe that it's hard to hear people when they're talking or the audience is loud so it's hard to hear people when they're talking like and so it just or they're yelling to like be enthusiastic but then you can't really hear what they're saying so I really appreciate that we could hear what she was saying number one number two loved that it was like the perfect length it was like just Mm. over two hours you know it was it was long enough to feel like you didn't get gypped of like a bunch of the songs that you wanted to hear but it was short enough that it was like you you like I never looked at my watch to think like is this almost done what time is it or you know like it was the perfect length I really like that number three I loved that she talked between each song and so you Mm. did sort of get a little bit of a sense of her 
character or her personality and not just the music. So I really love that. Number four, she sounded better in real life than she does on the mm. radio. I also thought yeah. was phenomenal. So I, yeah. I really, really had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as did I, and it was really nice to you know just be out together, and it and the venue is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. What else? What else is happening, honey? Well, I mean, the big thing was that you you we I know we were talking about the amp up to your son's wedding, and that has <laughs> yes, magical, magical, it was Great. magical. Yes, I I did have some concerns of with because my daughter-in-law was planning a lot of it and there were a lot of things that needed to be done lead like in the week leading up and I was concerned that like thinking for her that there were going to be things that weren't going to get done and I didn't want her to be disappointed and mm -hmm. um anyways it all came together I mean the 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 day before the wedding, you know, my Phil and I had said, okay, we've left Friday open. If you guys needed help with anything, they said, no, no, we got it covered. We're like, okay, no worries. Until like eight in the morning, Brock's like, are you, can you guys come and help me please? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, away we went to help um, tie, like, you know, tie the little tags on the wedding favors that we did. So the one thing that was a very, very nice touch, which she thought was not going to, we wouldn't, we ever, like she would have run out of time that we did for her was her, um, you know, she has, it was her grandfather's house. It's the house that, that, that they live in, um, that she bought. And, uh, the church is a fit, like the family has always belonged to this church. And so grandpa used to, go to church and he would always take three worthers. So he ate one worther on the way, one during service and one on the way home because he would right. walk and he put the wrappers in his pocket and then he would come home from church and he would either sit on the outside on the porch or before he went into the house, he would take the wrappers and he would just throw them to the side of the house in where there was like vines and everything growing. Oh, I don't know. That's what grandpa okay. did. Okay. Okay. And so Emmeline had bought like little bags and Werther's and then she actually wanted us to untie the little satiny things, yeah. put the tag on it and then redo them again. And that said um, church candies on it, like she had it printed and it said in right. loving memory of you know, Frank oh, Edge, grandma. grandma. Okay. And so two of the, two of the ushers were responsible for giving everybody church candies when they went into the service, which right. was a really, really, really nice touch. Yeah. Really nice touch. Super cute. And then they had the 1950 um, Chevy truck that they had redone, um, which is, which is the same. It's not the exact same truck, but it is the same, uh, replica like somebody else mm -hmm. had this truck of the original truck from the business and her oh. dad had been wanting some like it was down the street from the shop the guy owned it and he'd offered many times over the years like he wants to buy it he wants to buy it during covid he had um moved out of the house and and downsized and he phoned up em's dad and said okay i'm ready to sell it now i'm ready to sell it now oh wow yeah 
and so they had it restored to the original like color of when it was 1950 they had their like the edges roofing emblem and everything put onto the side of it and that's what they they drove from the church to the venue with like the tin cans and the whole bit it was yeah. it was i mean there were a lot of things that were just really really lovely so it mm. it did all come together so oh henny you have book club tonight did you finish reading your book i so did you know we so- have added about this a little bit because I had read it a while ago mm-hmm. but please please share again yeah so we're talking about Empire of Pain um, and the author I believe is Patrick Radden Keith I'll make sure that I mm. put it in the show notes with the correct spelling and if I if I made a mistake with the author's name I'll, I'll fix it but it's kind of like part biography and part investigative journalism like it was it was an interesting read because it's really about a family the Sackler family and their hand in contribution to the rise of the opium epidemic in specifically in the United States but but I would say in North America and 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 maybe you know to to a greater extent even in even western like the the western part of the world but um they yeah it was so interesting because he spent a really long like the author spent a really good chunk of the book giving you a real sense of who these people in the family were and it was three brothers and so you learn about Mm -hmm. the three brothers and you learn about their relationships and then it's their kids and then you learn about their kids and you know the you know the sons that were the kids that were involved in the business and the kids that didn't want to be involved in the business and Mm -hmm. and so fascinating the way that it was so important specifically to one of the brothers but it was so important for them to invest money in all sorts of things like uh, art museums and universities Mm. and hospitals and they were investing a lot of money in these things and it was really really important to them to have their name attached to it so that people would know like this is the Sackler wing of this hospital or this is the you know the Sackler Mm -hmm. you know room in a particular locale and then on the other side of this the way that they are making their money is by operating a huge pharmaceutical company but the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company was under a different name so mm-hmm. even though they were making money from developing and selling pharmaceuticals and and it turned like it becomes that their main uh focus is opioids um, and Oxycontin in particular, start. They started with morphine and then shifted yeah. into into Oxycontin, and uh, and so so even though that's where the money was coming from, the the donations were being made in their family name, and so because yeah. of that, there it took a really long time for anyone to realize that the two were connected. And, yeah. and so just sort of hearing all, like hearing 
about the people and like learning about the people behind it and like what they wanted and what was important to them. And, you know, and, and I mean, certainly like none of them were out to, you know, uh, create an epidemic. Certainly none of them were out to, you know, harm other people, but they definitely were out to make as much money as they could to be the best in the business. And then to be perceived as this, you know, phenomenal, you know, altruistic family as well. Philanthropic. Yeah. So like this whole sort of like real juxtaposition between, you know, what they were doing and how they wanted to be perceived. And like, even, you know, when they're talking about, you know, how they were developing these pharmaceuticals, like a real, and this was also super interesting to me is that a real focus on, and it's Purdue Pharma is the name of the pharmaceutical company. And a real focus was on sales. And so they, Mm -hmm. like they, the author describes uh, in quite a bit of detail their like sales training program and you know how they how they made sure that people out in the field were selling the drug to uh, mm-hmm. different doctors and convincing them that this was a really great drug and that this is what they needed to do. And, you know, that they had these talking points and these were the things they were supposed to say. And this is what they were supposed to say. If this, like, if someone said mm-hmm. this, you respond with this. And like, and, and so it was really like a, a, a well thought out mechanism, you know, for, yeah. for developing something sort of, hurrying it, rushing it through FDA approval, calling in favors to get things approved before they'd actually been properly tested. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, creating this army of salespeople who could go out and sell whatever to whomever, you know, and I mean, Mm -hmm. and, and for a long time, the, the slogan what did they say like something like this is this is the 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 pain medication that you start with and stay with like because the idea was that it wasn't so strong so you could like start that place you start with this drug but that it also also convinced a lot of people that it didn't have addictive quality or addictive properties and so they felt that it was a drug that you could stay on for a very long time because mm-hmm. you you couldn't become addicted to it. And of course, we all know that that these types of medications, these opioids are highly addictive. So, I mean, yeah, truly, I was fascinated from start to finish about them as people, about their interactions with each other, about Mm -hmm. this, like this philanthropic, you know, piece of their business, about how they perform business themselves and about how they really uh, changed the way that doctors understood the use and the role of opioids in medicine. Like it, it's crazy to me that, people who aren't doctors had that kind of sway on medical professionals. Well, but, the, the, but, but there was a financial incentive for the doctors also. And of so course. that also helped. 
Um, I mean, the, they in the yeah in the beginning they didn't know about the addictive properties, but even after they did know, they sort of pretended like mm -hmm. it wasn't true. Like they didn't fully. Um, they didn't do anything about it. That was the problem because they knew they mm -hmm. couldn't un like unwind all that had already happened. It's mm -hmm. it was it's I mean the way that things get pushed through approvals and the government and I mean it happens in any country. There's there's loopholes and loosey goosey, yeah. uh, you know, as Jen Arden said last night, you know. Yes. Um, rules and regulations um, surrounding things, but um, yeah, the Sacklers, I mean, they found out like to, when you had a trademark, I think it's 20 years, right? And once after 20 years that anybody is available to to make a, uh, a generic version of your drug. And so they would change just before it was going to expire, they would make a very small adjustment and then it reset the clock again. Yeah, that's a loop. Yeah, that is a loophole. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that you would think that that the regulations and rules have been looked at again to say it needs to be a significant adjustment um, to allow that protection. Or they knew that they were going to register. They changed the, where the company was located, the registration of it, because they wanted to have a certain judge. So, you know, there's this massive company gets registered in some little bitty town that because they know that it's within this judge's jurisdiction, the Supreme yeah, Court yeah. judge. I mean, it's just, it was just nutty. It's just yeah. so, and that the people that were getting these drugs aren't even, they don't, I think it was meant for end of life actually at one mm -hmm. point, right? Yeah. To help people yeah. manage pain end of life. And then, yeah. you know, unfortunately we know, we know what happened. We know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, at, and, at and one that point, was my brother was addicted to that. Like that was that was what, mm -hmm. and and it's, this is like you buy off of people who've been yeah. prescribed it, who have cancer, and then it gets sold on yeah. the street. You know, yeah. Well, and the difficulty, you know, as we know now, in the last, certainly in the last five years, but but even in the last ten, is that now you have other opioids like fentanyl that, yes. and so then you've got yes. you know, issues certainly with with street drugs that you know that people think that they're taking something like Oxycontin and mm -hmm. it ends up being something much stronger and they didn't realize that, you know, like it, it's, it's become a huge issue worldwide. I mean, Canada has huge yeah. pockets of the population that is really struggling with this right now. So. Yeah. 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 I think, I, I mean, initially when I, it, it's a, it's a big book, it's a big read. And yeah. I was a little intimidated by it, but I think, I mean, for anyone, I mean, that, you know, is interested in knowing a little bit more about how the whole epidemic, um, you know, sort of came to be, it was, it was a very interesting read. It's, and, and, a, and it, it was, it was long, like it was long because it was a, it, like yeah. you said, it was a big book, but it wasn't like, it was an easy read yes. it wasn't like read like although it looks like large like a textbook it doesn't read like a textbook yeah yeah right. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i, sure. I um, was i couldn't i couldn't ingest it fast enough like i i was yeah. into it yeah but i mean it's you know also in my wheelhouse 
<laughs> yeah, my mine too. I mean, it's a true story. So, it's you know, it's like it's right there. I think I I don't know if it's Netflix, but one of the um, either if it's Apple or HBO, there's a actually a series um, that they've done about about the story too. I haven't watched it yet, but there is one available. Um, is it called Is it called Dope Sick? Might be called Dope Sick. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I know that. No, but I know Steph has recommended it to me twice now, I think. So okay. I should. Oh, it is. That's It's exactly exploring the epicenter of America's struggle with opioid addiction from the boardrooms of Purdue Pharma to a distressed Virginia mining community to the hallways of the DEA. Yeah. yeah. So so if you'd rather watch something than read something or listen to something, yeah. then that might be, although I haven't seen it, I, I have been told that it's excellent. So that might yes. be something to uh, to take a look yeah. at. All right, it's going in the yeah. rotation. I already know. Yes, it's going in the. It's. I think it's probably already in the rotation. We're almost at the end of a couple of things. While Ozark is is almost over, uh, Frankie and Grace. It's the last season. This is us. Yeah. Have you ever seen Frankie and Grace? No, never. Oh my God, Hanny. <laughs> Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Oh, I like both of them. Oh my goodness! Like they actually like the first season. They they wanted they they come up like a going to business together, and they're selling like vibrators to older women. Oh my goodness! Uh huh. Hilarious. I love it. And and Lily Tomlin has her own like lube that she wants to always sell too. Oh. Okay. So That's interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both of them, their husbands are, are partners, lawyers, and then they come out, they come out to each other. They were actually in love with each other. So both the oh. husbands actually end up going and getting married. Okay. And then these two women are left and then they, yeah, it's, it's a, oh my God, it's such okay. a good show. I love those okay. two. Love those two. All right. Anyway, I'll, have I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, that, all that because now it, we're trying to finish up a lot of things so that we can start watching new ones yes right 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 okay. right 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 yeah <laughs> yeah all right all right let's talk about something like positive health-wise what have you what have you got for me well I don't know if this is necessarily in your criteria of positive health-wise, but it is. <laughs> okay. But it is health-wise, and uh -huh. it was interesting. So, I just listened to a recent episode of No Stupid Things, the podcast, and uh -huh. the episode. I think the title of the episode was like, "Is Diet Coke Addictive?" or something like that. And I was like, "Well, oh, I got to miss that." So, or not read it, listen to it. So I, I was listening to this podcast. And, and is it, and is this because they didn't say Diet Pepsi and you were like, see, this is why I drink Diet Pepsi because it's Diet Coke. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> I didn't think that for one minute. minute don't worry. <laughs> but they got into this conversation about like what exactly is the difference between having a habit and then mm -hmm. and being addicted, you know? And yeah. so they started by saying, you know, like the, that people often say in passing, oh, I'm addicted to that. Like I'm addicted to watching yeah. that show or I'm, a, you know, I'm addicted to Diet Coke yeah. or whatever it might be. And like, and so then they were thinking about, you know, and, and discussing what's, how do you know the difference between this is a habit that I have and I'm actually, like I actually have an addiction. 
Japan. It was really quite interesting because, of course, they they pose these questions and then they talk at the or about the question from a bunch of different angles, right? And so they started by, you know, going through according to the DSM-5, what is an addiction as far as like a, a disorder is concerned, you know, and there's like there are 11 different things that you, you know, that have to be true in order for something to be a, an addiction, but they're all, they're quite like, you could say yes to a lot of them for a lot of things, you know? And so, yeah. and so one of the speakers, one of the speakers was like, well, like I just said yes to nine of those 11 things when I think about like playing golf, you know? And, and so then wow. they were discussing but are you addicted to that? Like, so, you know, the question was like, is it getting in the way of, you know, social things or work things? And he was mm -hmm. like, well, he sometimes, yeah, like it gets in the way of doing other things because I'm out doing that, you know? And, and they were, so they were, you know, so it was interesting conversation about that. And then, um, you know, really they, they've sort of settled on the idea of addiction being something that impairs your functionality towards the goals that you have. So if your goal is to, you know, be the best golf player ever and you're playing golf a lot, like it, it's not really that you're like, that isn't necessarily an addiction because it's leading you towards your goal. But if you are not able to do something or you're not able to, you know, uh, participate in a relationship that you have, or you're not able to, you know, um, you know, attend work on a regular basis. And, and these are things that are important for you to do, but you're not able to do them because of something else. That's what would make it. And like, that's where the, the line would be crossed. Uh, you know, because they talk specifically between like thinking about habits that we don't consider as good habits. You know, is it a mm. bad habit that an addiction, right? And so they ended up talking about this idea that is something that we have come, that you and I have come across before and talked a little bit about. But I think like, if I remember correctly, like the last time I was talking about it, I wasn't 100% clear on what the differentiation was. And so we were sort of like muddling through it a little bit. Anyway, it came up again in this podcast. And what it is, is the terminology for it is called incentive salience. But what it really means is that there is a difference between being motivated to do something again because you enjoy it and being motivated to do something again because of a craving or um, like a something that your body is telling you that it needs you to do this thing again to get whatever reward it's getting, but that the reward is not enjoyment. I think when you're talking about habits, we do them because they they feel good or we like them, you know, like if I have a habit of having an apple every morning, it's probably because I like to eat the apple every morning, you know, mm. it doesn't mean I'm addicted to apples. It just means that I prefer that and I like it. And so that's what I mm. choose. But, yeah. but, you know, if you're thinking about something like, I mean, obviously I'm, I was thinking about like binge eating, it, it doesn't feel good, right? It's not enjoyable. Yeah. 
to 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 have a binge eating episode and yet sometimes I do feel now I'm not you know necessarily you know self-diagnosing myself with an addiction to food but but there is something like that I understood the difference between craving and like they say it's there's a difference between craving and wanting wanting is when the ultimate goal is enjoyment craving is not enjoyment. the ultimate goal is not enjoyment like uh, you are pulled to do it you can't help but do it but not because of enjoyment at the end and i was like oh like i don't really know what to do with that or where to go with that but at least yeah. that differentiation made a whole lot more sense to me when i was listening mm-hmm. to this yeah. you know because because you do like I do have a sense sometimes that I'm like okay but I know I'm not doing this because it feels good so like why am I doing it and so yeah. there's something there's some there there's it's the you know dopamine in your brain that is telling you like oh this is good do it this mm. is good do it but it doesn't mean that you like it right and I thought, oh like that's kind of an interesting thing. And so all that to say, I do not believe myself to be addicted to Diet Pepsi because there is nothing I purely enjoy more than a cold Diet Pepsi. Like it hits the spot every time and it always makes me feel good and I am never unhappy. (laughs) So I don't think it's an addiction. No comment. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking though that the the uh, well the but the yeah are you telling me that a craving can't become an addiction because I the craving is, because it's a it there's can. a physiological thing going on in the body I think yeah. it's the sugar it's the sugar like the simulation of the sugar hit. Mm-hmm. But then you could get that other ways. But you don't because you know that it's there's no caloric penalty for it. I don't know, though, because if I... So if you gave me two options that were both calorie-free and sweet, my preference is always going to be a Diet Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Because, but I don't because know if that, and, and it's yeah. and it's not just the sweet that I like. Like I genuinely like the flavor. No, okay. Well, never mind. If there's a pref, if you have an option, what if there is no option? I mean, then I wish I could have it, but I have to have something else. Well, do you have to have it? Something else because you're not getting the enjoyment out of it. You, do you see what I'm saying? It's not you have it. Yeah. Because you could just have water. Well, and that's what I would have. I would have water. Over diet, over diet, or diet Coke? Well, you just said I couldn't have it. No, Diet Coke, not Diet Pepsi. Oh. Would I choose water over Diet Coke? Mm, no. Would I choose water over, like, Diet Sprite? Yes. Okay. But, okay. I mean, 
I'm quite happy yeah. to. I'm cool. quite happy to acknowledge that I have an addiction also, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> what I, when I was thinking about this podcast episode yeah. that I was listening to, I thought that there is a difference. There is a there is a genuine difference for me between like having a like having a pop and yeah. having you know six donuts or a package of cookies or like like mm-hmm. the the draw is different the plan to get it is different the the feeling of enjoyment or lack thereof is different the feeling afterward is different like the whole experience is different and so i wonder if there's something there yeah like the thing is, there is no penalty to it. It's allowed, like allowed in quotations. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know for me, like, I, I, and this is, I mean, different from you, but I know when I have that, like, I am craving something sweet. Like, I need something flavored in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm thinking, I would, I love orange juice, but I'm not going to have orange juice because of it's so caloric. So I will have a diet, mm. whatever. If I have the choice between a diet beverage or like a full sugar one, I would never choose the full sugar one. Neither would I. Right. And so because of the caloric, I will be like, I'm not wasting. Like that is just like empty calories. In there. Okay. So what about like a regular pop or an orange juice? I would choose the orange juice over the regular pop. And I would choose water. Yeah. I mean, you know, you didn't tell me I could have water, honey. You said orange juice or a... <laughs> Okay. So if I could only have either, I would also choose the orange juice because I genuinely don't like it. The regular yeah. pop. I mean. The other one. No, I'm the same because it's too sweet. Yeah. But if I had all of those choices, I will always just choose water. No, I'll have water. Yeah, I would. Before I would have orange juice or thing. Yeah, I would just. I would too. Even even if I've got coffee and it, coffee and they only have cream and they don't have milk. Mm. I will choose black. Yeah, but that's because I don't like the flavor of it. But I also am not a real fan. Depending on the coffee, I'm not a real fan of black coffee either. Yeah. But if it's two percent milk or homogenized milk or um, skim milk, skim milk. If it's not skim. It doesn't matter if it's if it's two percent. I don't worry about it. I, I'm gonna have the milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it is interesting. It's like a chicken and the egg, honey. I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. I, I think yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. I think you're right about that. So a while, like while they were talking, the the one uh, host pulled up this information where he he went through the top 10 selling pop flavors in the United States. Oh, Dr. Pepper. So Dr. Pepper is number four on the list, which I thought was really, really, I thought that was really high. Oh, I thought it was very low. Oh, like the fourth most popular drink of, or the fourth most popular soda in the States is Dr. Pepper. Wow. Okay. I've never had Dr. Pepper. I don't even know what it is. No, I don't. I, I, no, I, 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 it doesn't sound appealing. Is it like cherry flavor? No, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I don't like, know either. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
do you have a guess as to what the top selling pop in the United States is? I don't think it will be a surprise to you. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, I see, I'm going to say Diet Coke or just no, ah. 100% Coke, sugar. So, or is Coke it Pepsi? number No, Coke number one. Yeah. Diet Coke number two. Yeah. Which I also thought was pretty high. Like, for a diet drink to rank second out of all of the pops in the United States. Yeah. So, Coke number one, Diet Coke number two, Pepsi yeah. number three, and then <gasps> Dr. Ooh. Pepper number four. Where's Diet Pepsi on there? It's not on the list. Well, that doesn't, I mean, just taste it. Does it surprise me? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's only my favorite thing in the whole wide world. But here's um, the thing, Kenny. I, so we had at, at the event last night. Yes, we did. I was needing something in my mouth that wasn't just water. So, and all they had was Pepsi or Diet Pepsi. And they had Sprite, but I don't think they had Diet. So I asked, no, I asked right. them, which, what diet sodas did you have? They said Diet Pepsi. And I was like, mm, and I had one, but I was burpy. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice. Don't worry. No, you had a mask on, so you couldn't smell it anyways. <laughs> that <is true. laughs> maybe that's why i had the mask <laughs> well there there's like you know that that is bo burps there's there are some benefits additional benefits additional benefits yeah i was just surprised that if coke and diet coke were one and two i was surprised that it wasn't like coke diet coke pepsi diet pepsi you know like but no diet pepsi not yes. on the list people people aren't buying it so yeah five through ten are mountain dew sprite fanta sierra mist sun kissed which is orange hmm. and seven up oh interesting yeah. i know now okay i've just looked at dr pepper okay yeah, yeah tell me about dr pepper 23 flavors make up dr pepper Oh, okay. So it's like when you take all the flavors of pop and put them all in a glass? No. Do you want to hear? Because what's in here? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cola. Cherry. Licorice. I thought it was cherry. Ooh, licorice. Licorice. Okay. Um, amaretto, <laughs> which in the brackets, and it says, and that, so those are the four basics. Almond, vanilla, blackberry, apricot, caramel, pepper, anise, pardon me, ginger, yeah. molasses, lemon, plum, orange, nutmeg, cardamom, allspice, coriander, juniper, birch, and prickly ash. Wow. What did somebody do? How did they make that in a flavor lab? It was like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of your bum. This sounds like a witch's cauldron, like oh, double, double toil and trouble. Yeah, so bizarre. Yeah, but I so think, bizarre. but those must be the top three flavors: are cola, cherry, and licorice. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it cherry, yeah. like cherry with cola, doesn't interest me. I, I'm not into it. No, who invented Dr Pepper? Who's this? Charles Atherton, <laughs> oldest of the major. Oh, it is the oldest of the major brand soft drinks in America. 
Oh, wow. The, like the, its flavor, the origin of Dr. Pepper is out of the ordinary. Charles Alderton, a young pharmacist working at Morrison's store, is believed to be the inventor of the now famous drink. Hmm. It preceded the introduction of Coca-Cola by one year. Oh, wow. So if huh. you, if people who are listening, if you are a Dr. Pepper fanatic, let us know. Let us know what the big deal is on... Uh, on yeah. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, because, you know, we're wondering why we wouldn't want to be a pepper, too. <laughs> be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. You know, you know the slogan? Wouldn't you want, <laughs> wait, wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too, Dr. Pepper? No. I've never heard that before in my life. Oh, my goodness. That, that was <laughs> Sorry. Good. There was, I. there is one, okay, so there are a couple of soda related commercials that are ingrained in my mind one is of course like around christmas time when coca-cola does their commercials with the like with the polar bears or with the penguins yes. or you know every year yeah. there's something about like spreading happiness with coke with coke right yeah. and so those commercials like uh you know are often you know in they're they're things that i remember or think about right but I remember as a kid, there was, and I think I might have even said this on the podcast before, there was a 7-Up commercial. And it was like a guy like walking down the street wearing a t-shirt. And he was, yeah. and I don't even remember really what he was doing. But I remember that the t-shirt said, make 7-Up yours. So like make, like, make this pop your choice. But the T-shirt on the front said make with a big number seven. And then the back of his T-shirt said up yours. <laughs> and I remember as a kid thinking this oh, was up yours. hilarious because it would be like make seven up yours. <laughs> and like, and he would <laughs> say it over and over again, like to every person that he met walking down the street. And I, like as a kid, this was like this was funny. This was hysterical stuff. Mm. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it didn't make me necessarily want to drink 7-Up, but <laughs> it's a commercial that has stuck in my head for probably 30 years. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is fun. All right. What about you, Sandy? Do you have anything positive health-wise? <laughs> positive health-wise? Well, I, I don't know. I can tell. So, I mean, I can just share, like, you know, the last few weeks I have, like, kind of been like not eating like breads and stuff and yeah. only be like there's a reason because I I had a um like a my dress was like a a mermaid mermaidy kind of dress right it was like yeah. shaped fitting and I didn't want to feel like a sausage in that dress um and so I um thought I would just like not eat that type of food. And I did notice that I was not like, I've been less bloaty as a result of that. Right. 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 But I haven't, but I haven't missed it. And here's the thing, because I was in a habit of mm -hmm. having something I had baked, either banana bread or a muffin or something. And I was having that in the afternoon. And, um, so in the, 
it takes it's it's unusual because your body then I think craves it like it's waiting it was waiting for that because even though I was using right. like you know um, whatever uh, the artificial sweetener is uh, monk fruit lacanto or whatever monk fruit thank yeah. you um, I was getting like it was sweet yeah. but but again it just was making me yeah. And I never really, because I don't eat a lot of like bready kind of things mm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't think that that would make a difference, but it actually did. So that was a learning for me. I, I mean, I think it's also just, you know, there's like your, like the, your body just deals with things differently. And mm. I mean, through like menopause and all this sort of stuff. But, but anyways, that. If someone had told me that, I wouldn't have think, thought that that made a difference, but it did. Yeah. And so did. have you just taken that snack out or have you replaced it with something else? No. So that snack now, I have nuts, which before I would never really, I would better eat my seven almonds because, you know, um, yes. but now I have like up to 25 different types of nuts too. So there's almonds. I like walnuts and I really like Brazil nuts. Okay. So, but they're. But, and then it's like rethinking all of that because Brazil nuts, for instance, are really, really good for your brain. I think that it's selenium that they have inside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you when you bite it, like I can actually see, because they're quite oily too. Um, but that that's healthy fat. Yeah. You know, so that, but I, and I enjoy nuts. I think I was worried because I, I thought, you know, you can tell me 25, but I'm going to make it 27. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And be like, well, two isn't going to make a difference. Yeah. And like, those are like old habits of stuff. Um, yeah. I just purposefully didn't buy cashews because it's a little bit dangerous. Right. Cashews. Right. I can't trust myself at this point with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say that it's, um, that it's been a good swap. It's been a good swap yeah. out now and now I'm used to it now because it's been about like yeah. four or five weeks so yeah. it's all good but yeah. I just well, keep going back to my my date issue you know like the date intervention that I had to have like <laughs> in 2012 or 2013 and thinking that my jewel dates are not the issue and then stopped eating them and like I'm like lost another 10 pounds yeah it's the only thing I changed was these stupid dates yeah. Yeah, because I was having ten servings in a day instead of one, right? Because I thought, oh, but they're just like, this is good for me, right? But I think maybe that's some of why, like, you having this like piece of banana bread or muffin every afternoon didn't feel that way. Like with the mo- mm. with the medjool dates, you were having ten, whereas this yeah. is like I'm having one like piece of banana bread yes. or I'm having one little muffin every day like surely yep. this is not really making a difference but if you swap it out with something different and you give your body yeah. something different to have yeah you know that could be enough of what the difference is it also could be yeah. like you said like it could be just the ingredients in that those breads that you were eating eating like whether it's the yeah monk fruit sweetener or the flour or whatever it was just making your body feel a little bloaty or not like not as happy yeah 
for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, you know, and I, I don't think I'll go back to doing it. And and I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, the listeners might think, well, maybe the slices got bigger on like a banana bread because a muffin you, or the muffin got bigger. But I yeah. mean, no, because every time I made a loaf, I actually put it on the scale and would do the math to know how mu- how much each slice needed to weigh. And I, sli- I slice a piece and I put it on the scale before I would individually wrap them. Oh, so wow. I was just like, I always did that. I know how much the whole loaf is. Yeah. How many points? I knew how many points the whole yeah. loaf was, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Well, when you told me that, that you were going to try and cut out all of your flour and bread kind of products I was like okay well I'll, mm-hmm. I mean I'll do that too like we can do that together <laughs> and and I don't eat those kinds of things very often like I would not have a muffin every day for example like I would very rarely actually have something like that but I was in a habit of having toast every evening and so I yeah. would either have two pieces of toast like with my dinner or I would have like two pieces of toast with an egg like as a like evening snack or like like I was regularly having two pieces of toast. And so that's the 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 pe- like the bread that I took out over the over the course of the last few weeks and the thing that I noticed the most that I was, first of all, like you, I don't miss it. Um, but the thing that I noticed the most, I think was that I thought that I needed it to be full. Like I thought that I needed that little Uh. extra something to make sure that I wasn't hungry and just taking it out, like not having the toast beside my dinner. I'm like, Oh, I'm actually not hungry. And, and I didn't need the toast. Like, so I had like tricked myself into thinking that I needed something in order to be full when I actually didn't need it. And it was just extra food that I was consuming. Right. And it yeah. just happens to be that it was two pieces of bread, but like it could have been something else, you know, yeah. like it could have been a potato or it could have been uh, like a second helping of, you know, um, of a, of a protein or it could, you know, like it could have been any mm-hmm. number of things, but it was just that one extra thing that I was having. It was like, and I'll have this on the side, but it turns out I didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's interesting. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I think it's good to tweak things. because I, it's like, well, it's getting into habits that still fit within the, you know, parameters of whatever, if you're following some sort of a health plan, like diet, whatever you want to call it. Um, but also it, it's, I, for me, it's been good to like bust some of the beliefs that I feel like I've got caught up in, you know, that I've, mm-hmm. I'm hanging on to them and then challenging them to mm-hmm. see, is that really true? How would I feel if I did this? Um, and it's been, the, the other good thing is, is because I've been here for so long in Canada um, and I'm eating out almost every single meal that... Well, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to have something like that every yeah. day for the last few weeks anyway, because you would have had to yeah. prepare it, right? Yeah, which would have then, I would have gone to Costco, bought the protein bars, which I've already weaned myself off of. Mm-hmm. 
And you would have gone back to something. Exactly. Old. I would have gone back to something that I don't want to because like when we talked about this difference between a, a snack and a treat, yeah. I don't, I personally don't think that a snack is a protein bar. No, that's me personally. Mm -hmm. um, because there's too many chemicals and stuff in it. I, but I think that mm. that's, and so I think would it's a you gray think area. So now thinking about your like banana bread or your little muffins, snack yeah. or treat. No treat. That was a treat. Yeah. yeah. That was a treat. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. It was a treat at snack time. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking of like my toast with dinner. Like yeah. even that was. What is that? Yeah. I mean, kind of a treat, you know, like, I mean, definitely an extra. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so what did you replace it with though? Because then you need to sort of, there, there's, or did you? I think for the most part, I haven't. I think for the most part, I'm just, yeah, I just realized that I didn't actually need it. I have been... I've been back to like making my own salad dressing. And so, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe I've replaced it with a little extra oil. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like maybe I've swapped out the, the, the processed bread for, you know, for olive oil or, you know, things like that. So a little, you know, a little sprinkle of feta cheese on my, like on my salad or something. So, so I, I think my meals are a little bit, fuller themselves without needing and so maybe that's why like I just yeah. sound like if I make the meal better I don't have to add the toast on the side yeah but but it's but it's been good I've been really pleased about it like I I yeah it's it's nice to it's nice to sort of pay attention to those things and like and like you said like make some little tweaks and like and just sort of almost mm -hmm. like to test yourself. Like, do I need this? Yeah. Oh, and then sometimes you're like, oh, yes, yeah, so I need it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But sometimes sometimes, you, sometimes the things that you thought you needed, you don't. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because you just said sometimes like even after dinner, you might have like a, you'd have an egg with toast. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah. kind of, but that's a real gray area because the egg is a snack. <laughs> but, yes but it's almost I I think what really happened is that became dinner number two like that became an okay. extra meal. it was it was too large to be just yeah. a snack I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is the, was, the thing is is that you the longer like you do it and you actually tell yourself some stories so you think that well yeah but it's this it's an egg and it's this but the truth me, is it's yeah. like it's too much it's too much food. You don't need it all. Right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That so the story of my life. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, <laughs> we all do it. We have to challenge our own bullshit sometimes, you know. Yeah. We've told it we've told ourselves it enough times that we believe it to be the truth and and to be okay and to be healthy. And we do that so that we can continue doing what we want to do. You know. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> Always learning. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, that started because you had this uh, mermaid-like dress to fit into for yeah. the, the wedding and to feel comfortable in. And the yeah. pictures looked phenomenal. 
Well, I did feel really good. I, I mean, I, I had also gained a couple of pounds and so I wanted to, I just didn't feel good, you know, like I knew that day and yeah, I didn't want to be wearing like, you know, like anyone that wears Spanx, like, I mean, I was going to bow down to you because like, it's got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's either sausaged out the bottom of my legs, like if it's, you know, or it's out the top or it's rolls down. Like, it's just not, it's just not, not, not comfy. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, the thing was, but nobody wears pantyhose anymore. Henny, I had a really hard time finding oh. pantyhose. I went to the Bay. They have, I mean, very like, and then I looked online and I was like, that's how much they are because I'm so out of touch. And, um, yeah. then I was like, what I wanted was I needed, um, footless. So I, oh. not just toeless. I need a footless. But footless. Oh. No, you know what I, but, and so I ended up, I, I wore footless ones. You just cut the feet off of them. Right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you got to MacGyver your pantyhose, you got to do it. Because I knew the dress was going all the way down, but I didn't want to have them, like when I'm wearing like a sandily strappy shoe, I can't have some shenanigans, you know, happening there. So I just, I thought, well, let's just see how this works out. And like, on. why, why did you need them at all? Well, because, because I, I didn't want to, I had a, like, it was a built, she built in like a liner inside of my dress, like was, that was supposed to like smooth things out. But then okay. I didn't want to wear underwear because then there might be another line. And then I didn't want to wear like, you know, nothing because that's just free and easy. What if? something happened like what if I fell I mean I have done that in the past I like I have been known to do that but I wasn't going to in my son's wedding because that just that was just asking for a wardrobe malfunction so I just wanted to have like the smoothness of because you feel smoother when you have pantyhose on and then the dress on the inside wouldn't be against my legs like it's got silky so it, it lays better come on Henny think about it why are you asking me these crazy questions I mean you're the one who didn't want to wear underwear like Steph, help me out here. Steph understands. <laughs> you know what? I can appreciate that. Uh, like to have a silk liner inside of a dress that, on a bare leg, like I would worry about it being staticky. Whereas on a pantyhose, yeah. it probably wouldn't be. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was finally. It was all good. Yeah, I'm really glad that you felt and looked so great. I'm really glad that the day went off without a hitch. And uh, I'm really glad that I've been able to, you know, steal some time with you while you've been here. Mm. And I'm sad that you're yes. going back oh, no. down south. Leaving. I am. I'm leaving tomorrow. Hopefully Phil's at the office today and maybe he'll come home and tell me some wonderful news. Like he knows when we're leaving, but I'm, I mean, I'm not. He will keep We'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you for feeding me, too. You fed me so well since I've been here. So I appreciate that. No problem. Thanks right. for the chat. And I will see you again next week, albeit not live. <laughs> That's true. All right. Okay. Well, great talking to you as always and everyone else have a great week and um we'll chat with you next week all right okay bye, bye.